Hi, I'm Kate. I'm Lisa. And I'm Sean. And this is Watcher Harry, a podcast where three obsessive and slightly drunk friends discuss the wider Harry Potter universe. And just a reminder, um, this is generally not suitable for children. Um, we tend to curse and swear and all of those things um, and just have a, adult content. Um, this one is a little bit, but probably going to be a little bit less maybe objectifying. <laughs> who, kn- who knows though? We haven't started talking. <laughs> um, but just fair warning. Um, you've been warned. Okay. What's up everybody? Hey. Hello. What are we drinking this week? Um, I'm in the midst of a COVID scare. So I'm drinking tea with lemon <laughs> out of a cup that has a golden retriever wearing sunglasses on it. It's very fun. It's a self-portrait. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have to be up at 5 a.m. tomorrow. Probably earlier, maybe. Um, so I'm drinking the lowest alcohol content beer I could find in my house, which is 4.2%. Um, it's a pineapple gosa from Stoop Brewing. And oh, I love Stoop. Pretty good. Where's Stoot Brewing? It's in Washington, I'm pretty sure. Nice. Or Oregon. Or delicious. Oregon, Oregon. Nope, that's ecliptic. Oh, I don't know. Sorry, brewery. <laughs> For knowing nothing about you. Free advertising. That's what we give on this show. <laughs> Whoops. Sean, what are you drinking? Um. So I, I actually can't drink tonight. I have, um, I have a tattoo appointment in the morning, so I can't drink before or after, or I'll be a big bloody mess. Um, what so are you getting? Tell us everything. I, so I am getting a kind of like subtly Harry Potter tattoo. I am getting a snake, um, for my, my Slytherin roots. Wow. Um, but I, so I can't, so I can't drink tonight. Um, so I am drinking this soda called Moxie, which is like apparently a, like a very beloved New England, like main brand of soda. Lisa, Lisa you are nodding. You've had it. It's I've like beer. It. It's good. Yeah, it's fine. Um, I just don't we, like soda that much. We uh, are, we were in an Airbnb and they like left us um, and we were like, Ooh, regional specialty. We need to have this. <laughs> uh, but I was really disappointed because the can is bright orange. So for some, I had convinced myself this was an orange soda. So when oh, I poured it out, it like kind of fucked me up. Cause it's just I'm a, sorry. it's just like a root beer colored soda. And it really played a mind game with me. Root beer colored. How dare they? <laughs> I so wish that- I had known that no one was drinking and then I would never have opened this beer. I just felt like the last time I was the only one not drinking alcohol, I got slightly made fun of. Which time was that? When I was drinking tea. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I remember that. Yes. <laughs> we did kind of make fun of you. But see, this time, Kate, neither Kate nor I can drink. So this we've now ganged bullshit. up on you again. Sean and I text each other beforehand and we're like, we're going to gang up on Lisa by not drinking this time. <sighs> uh, so we're going to talk about Wandalore today as our topic. But before mm. we dive into that, we did want to do a little call for, uh, since we're entering the holiday season, a lot of you guys are thinking about making some of your charitable donations for the year. We at Watcher Harry are running a sort of uh, donation drive. We are asking you guys, uh, if you're interested, to donate 
at least $10 to an organization. It can be a local organization, national organization that supports LGBTQ youth in some way. Uh, if you donate to them at least $10 and you send us a picture of your receipt, we'll give you a shout out on the show uh, in an upcoming episode. So we'll be donating as well. We'll put links to some organizations that we support in the show notes, but you guys are totally not, you know, you don't have to use those. You can use any that you want as long as it does go towards supporting LGBTQ youths. The queer kids need our support. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. And remember <laughs> that every, rally. every time you give a single dollar to a sweet little queer youth, JK Rowling, just, she feels it. She feels it in her heart. She knows it's happening. Feels she gets so mad about it. So let's just, let's put a frown on her face this holiday season. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so that information will be in the show notes again, and you can send us a picture of your receipt just to our Instagram account, uh, Watcher Harry Pod, right? That's our is that our Instagram handle? <laughs> <laughs> we know At nothing. We're not Watcher professional Harry people. Pod. You know what? But yes, the handle's going to be in the show notes as it well. Will. It's true, but it <laughs> so. is just Watcher Harry Podcast. That, oh, that's the that's the Instagram com. handle. I'm just kidding. No, instant. Uh, I'm, I'm, yes. Bad joke. Bad joke. We'll bad eventually joke. maybe have a website, but not <laughs> now because we're bad at Instagram. So. <laughs> so send it to us on Instagram. That handle will be uh, in the show notes. Do you guys know I actually had to cut? We were so drunk by the end of the last episode. I actually had to cut out a part where we talk about our email because we said the email wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I had oh, to just edit it no. out. That's amazing. What did we say? Well, we can talk about that later. I forget what it, I forget what we said, but it was not correct. So here we go. And this time, two of us aren't even drinking, and we still can't get any of our information correct. But oh well. Okay, so <laughs> let's dive into today's episode topic. Uh, so we're talking. We're talking wands. Lisa, or Kate, do one of you want to kick us off? I would like to kick us off by asking Lisa. <laughs> Uh, so you brought up the topic of wandler and I'm just wondering why it resonated with you or what interested you in it that's a really good question um I think I was when I proposed it it was a few it was like a couple months ago um like originally I like you know probably midnight texted both of you Mm -hmm. um and I think I was in the middle of the seventh book on again on audiobook mm-hmm. um and I was just thinking about how like Ollivander has like all of this different like he's written to have like this big huge history of understanding different things about wands and how it's like a complex magic and and all of these things and to me that was just like really fascinating um of a concept in terms of like um just like how did this kind of come to fruition and how did how does it like actually relate to each wizard kind of thing um and I think that that was what really kind of sparked my interest was that you know even Ollivander said like I don't really know what I'm doing but I make things and it goes boom (laughs) Ollivander is such a cool character I do wish that like she had come out with I don't know maybe some short stories about him maybe I could try to find someone's fan fiction I would like love to just sort of know about him as like a separate character from like the going ons of the actual series 
some like non smutty Ollivander fan fiction would be amazing. Ideal. And or. <laughs> There's a lot of it. I just Googled it. There's a, a good amount of Ollivander fan fiction. Uh, oh my God. All right, maybe I'll have to, I'll have to read some. If I find any good ones, I'll, I'll send them to you guys. Yes, please do. Um, Lisa loves, love loves fan, fan fiction. fiction. So she'll totally read it. <laughs> Definitely going to read it. <laughs> totally. I, uh, so getting into it, um, Lisa, I'm really glad you brought it up because I've wanted us to um, do a little more delving into like magic itself um, beyond just like this wizarding world. Um, and this was a really cool reminder um, that like there are different branches of magic and like different elements of magic and like to me uh getting into like reading about the different wand materials um reminded me that this like this jk rowling's wizarding world is connected to a much larger lore of magic um so this was a lot of fun to get into uh and i see in the notes that both of you have done it looks like a little bit of different like background research into different areas of magic outside of this wizarding world is that right yeah so just like the use of of wands in mythology and kind of current magical practice um and I think neither Lisa and I really like dove into it too much because that mm-hmm. there is a ton of information out there and if that's something that you're interested in it is used in a lot of modern magical practice mm-hmm. um but we see I think some of the first sort of, you know, documented uses of wands as magic, you can see in Homer and in Greek mythology. So obviously you have like Circe using her wand to turn men into pigs on her island. And you have um, Hermes rod, right? You you have all of these gods and goddesses with their staffs and their rods and, and things like that, this instrument to channel their magic through. Um, obviously, sometimes that looks quite different from the Harry Potter, you know, like little wooden wand or what we think of as wands. Um, but that was some of the earliest uses that I could find, uh, like like documented uses of wands specifically for magic. Mm-hmm. Um, in more current magical practice, uh, especially if you practice a more kind of ceremonial type magic. So um, a lot of like the British witchcraft traditions, particularly Wicca, use ma- use wands quite regularly for uh, a variety of things, including um, casting circles, creating ritualistic space during their rituals. I, I can't speak. I am not, I'm not a, I'm not a Wiccan. I'm not a practitioner of British witchcraft. So I, I can't speak a ton on it, but I know that that is very much in the arsenal of the modern Wicca practitioner. Yeah. And I think something when I was doing my research, something that I found really, really interesting was that like across pretty much all texts, all religions, history, whatever, um, you know, um, regardless of what wands were called, they were all basically used to channel some sort of like inner magic in in some sort of like more efficient way. Um, And I think one of the other things that I found really interesting that um, one of the, you know, few props to to JK in this was that pretty much universally it's agreed that like the wand is unique to the person. Um, like no two wands are alike, whether that in modern day um, and, uh, and across multiple religions, like it doesn't have to be made of wood or anything, but it could be metal, crystal, other rock, whatever. Um, and I think that's really interesting that like 
everybody has, you know, kind of like a unique flavor of wand for lack of a better phrase. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's, that's really cool. And if you yeah. go into like an occult shop or a metaphysical shop, you'll see like a ton of wands on display and they're like gorgeous. They're like really, really beautiful. Um, very, like Lisa said, some of them are like super ornate. They're made of crystals. Um, it's fun just to, to go and look at them. If you happen to have in a cult shop in, you know, your city or town. Um, while you were speaking, what came to mind for me, um, is like even beyond, um, like witchcraft as we identify it as it's like proliferated and like, um, just entered like folklore um you guys remember from cartoons like this the forked stick finding water dousing wands yes i was actually like a divine it's like a divining yeah that's like that's a very real thing it's like this is uh, like across cultures and time and continents is like channeling magic through an through an object specifically like a piece of wood or a stick or something but what what do you know what do you guys know about that I I can look up the author but um I have a book on kind of it's called like new American folk magic so it's like the kind of magical practice that is specific to the United States because of all of like our indigenous roots and then all also like all of the immigration and the kind of magical practices that emerged around the country. And that is one of the things that they bring up as such like a classic example of this sort of, you know, small time folk magic that people who would not, you know, consider themselves to be magical or witches or anything that they would practice. Cause that was just what you did to find water. Yeah. How does that work? I don't know. I've never tried it. I kind of want to because it seems so easy. Like it seems like doing this weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. I'm quarantining. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's wild. One thing that Hagrid says that really struck me in rereading the books um, is that any object can be used to channel magic. Yeah, you that. look like you have notes about that. And so that was something I was keeping in mind um, working through this research. But but what did you two find about that? Well, I think one of the things that we found, and, and maybe we'll get more into this when we actually start talking about like the art of wand making, um, but like it, it seems to be any magical creature, which makes me kind of pose, what about wizard hair? Like, can you just use like a witch or wizard hair? I don't know. Um, cause technically they're magical creatures as well. Um, but yeah, like Flora Delacour, for instance, um, when she's getting her wand weighed for the triwizard ceremony, um, she, we find out that she's part Vila because her wand contains a hair from her grandmother. Um, and Ollivander's like, Oh, well, that's nice. I don't use those because they're very temperamental. Um, <laughs> So he doesn't, and he's like, but what, you, you know, you do you. Um, and so it seems to be that it doesn't really matter what the core is, as long as it comes from a magical creature. And with Hagrid, even though his wand was broken into pieces, he just shoved it inside of a pink umbrella. And it worked. And continued to use it. Um, which almost kind of begs the question, like when Harry's wand broke, why didn't he just shove his into a pink umbrella? 
and hope for the best. Because he would have looked stupid as an R, like <laughs> flinging an umbrella. He's around. already ridiculous knowing only <laughs> one spell. Like <laughs> he can't do it with an umbrella. This was a this was a movie invention. It wasn't in the book, but one of my favorite wands is Lucius Malfoy's like oh, his like, like cane wand that he could pull out. It looks so cool. It does. Yeah, look it really does. Cool. That's a cool move. I actually think it looks a little bit uncool because he's like he's like I'm a like very serious man. He's like swing, and it's like this short little stick. <laughs> it's like it's not a gun, dude. Like, I think it looks great. I think it looks cool. Stick. All right, I think I'll it's great. It Brilliant. So we know that there are really just like two wand makers, or at least I guess two living current wand makers. No idea what happens after either of these people die, unless it just runs in the family. And I think they're just the wand makers that live in like Northern Europe. Okay. That that makes sense. So we have obviously Ollivander who we're most familiar with. And then there is Grigorovich who does like northern europe we know that crumb got his one from them so he he does i guess like northern and, and eastern europe yeah uh, at least he caters to bulgaria i found in my research um that there are wand makers in japan um which i'll mention later when we're talking about regional wand making yeah, and yeah then i think that it's the only thing that makes sense right like yeah and there's that, North American, like specifically North American mm, wand makers. Correct. Yeah. yeah, I think that, and that's the only thing that really makes sense is that a ton of this, I mean, and we see it too, right? Um, when Harry realizes how dumb he is for thinking Hogwarts is the only magical school, mm-hmm. um, that there must be other schools out there, um, that there must just be like a ton of different magical practices. Um, and that kind of like, I and I didn't do a ton of, a ton of, da- a ton of a deep dive none of that made sense <laughs> I didn't do a very deep dive on like the history of how wand making came to fruition but essentially and it started to kind of feel really icky while I was kind of diving into it um because essentially wand usage started in Europe um you know at least we know that Ollivanders was established in like 300 BC or something like that. Um, so for a long time, you know, it's been like at least 2,500 years since wand use was established in Europe. Um, and you assume that it's probably been longer than that. Um, but essentially it just kind of spread from there, which was just like, cool colonialism, just like, (laughs) Oh yeah. Because there's like a comment that, cause you remember when there was like when she said that there was like a wizarding school in Africa and she didn't give a country. She was just like, it's in Africa. It's just in the country of Africa. <laughs> and everyone was like, it's real big. You've got to be specific. But I, I do remember, and I, I am not super well-versed in the other magical schools because I'm not really like a deep dive Pottermore fan, mm-hmm. but I do remember specifically that whatever type of magic they kind of taught or practice most at this school, it really, they really didn't use wands because wands weren't introduced until much later. Interesting. So they were like using whatever form of mat. I don't know what they were using to channel. I could probably look that up, but I'm not going to, but they, they did not use wands. Um, so that was like more of a late addition for them. Right. Which, which is like, I mean, super interesting to think about in terms of like, you don't need a wand to 
produce magic. Like we see yeah. that when the kids are like not able to control their magic, mm-hmm. Harry blows up his aunt, you know, things like that. Um, but it also kind of is like, wow, if you can get good at using magic without a wand, doesn't that make you so much better? Yeah. Because, you would think like your, like your ideal would be to not have to use Right. Because Harry gets his wand broken and he's like, this is the end like, of the world. This is the end of the world. I can no longer do anything. Or like now that renders Harry Potter, the most magical Expelliarmus caster of all time, useless, uh, because he can't just like, you know, boom, your oh wand my God, right he out would of your hands. be out of a job if he could not. And so it's, it's like basically the way that like, the way that JK essentially wrote it is that like wand usage started in Europe and they figured out that, wow, that's significantly more efficient than trying to like figure, like use other magics that are practiced probably culturally worldwide in different ways and fashions. And let's just wipe it out with wands. So it really started to feel like, Ooh, I'm uncomfortable. You know, it's interesting to think about the, because you're right. People obviously, even besides talking about, you know, the, the wizarding school in Africa that did not really use wands for a very long time. Um, when you think about the fact that wizards can do magic without wands, and I guess it's just as they get older, maybe as they get more powerful, they, they need something to channel it. But again, we know that's not necessarily true because there are by JK's own admission cultures that are doing magic without wands. Something like the elder wand, which is just like so incredibly powerful and transfers that power from, you know, person to person. How does that work if you can do magic without wands? Well, I think that also kind of comes into um, like what the wands and things are made of, right? So like um, when you start kind of doing a a deeper dive into like how she constructed um, the way that wands were made, it all kind of depends on like wand length, wand mm-hmm. rigidity, wand core, wand material, things the like that. And itself, yeah, exactly. So, like one of the things that I found really interesting was that like wand flexibility played like a significantly bigger role than I thought that it did. Mm-hmm. Um, in that, like, essentially it, like, it has an effect it like, basically the, the, they range from like flexible to rigid and like the more flexible, the wand, it, the more easier, what's wrong with my language today? The, like the, <laughs> the, the easier, e- the easier the wand is to use. Um, so essentially that like, it's, it's going to be good at what it does in like a very average way, very quickly. Like it'll learn to do magic much more quickly and effectively than a more rigid wand, let's say. So if it's a super rigid wand, like the elder wand, super hard to use. It takes a long time to get good at using, but once you do, it's the most powerful of the wands. So Hmm. like different ways of kind of how that works. So with the elder wand, um, when it kind of like changes allegiances, I think it's that it just, once you figure out how to effectively use it, it becomes a powerful tool because of the wand that it is um, versus like that it's super powerful. I think it's just because it's like, it's it's built to withstand a more, like more power. Yeah. So I almost, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, Kate. I have a little bit of a hot take about the elder wand. I don't know if I should hold it. No, do it. I 
in reading up on the lore around the Elder Wand and seeing how it actually played a role in the story, um, I kind of think that the Elder Wand is only purported to be as powerful as it is based on the lore around it and not that it's like the most powerful wand in the world. And then um, reading about all the other types of wood and um, some of their characteristics such as loyalty or like how easily it'll switch loyalty to the others. It's like every wand has a degree of loyalty to its master. Um, and I, I don't know, it just, it's like the elder wand didn't actually come to fruition in the store. We didn't see it do anything fantastical, not, not right? Really. It's kind of like a letdown or I won't call it a letdown because I don't care about it that much, but it was like a little bit anticlimactic that they got that hollow and they didn't do anything. No, I agree because we obviously Harry gets it and doesn't even know he has it. Yeah. Right. So because he's not like all of a sudden is like, I am the most powerful wizard yeah. ever. I do think it is a little bit too like who has it like Dumbledore was very powerful, but he was also a powerful wizard right. in addition to having the Elder Wand. Voldemort yeah. was a powerful wizard in addition to having the elder wand right well and i think that kind of begs where it's like harry doesn't know that he's the master of the elder wands like it's chosen allegiance to harry over voldemort so voldemort's just using a wand that doesn't seem to like him very much um or just has no loyalty to him yeah because um, he has he's lucius's wand right who or no he Voldemort has Lucius's wand and then he takes Dumbledore's not realizing yeah. that the Elder Wand isn't actually in Dumbledore's it's wand anymore. Correct. Yeah. Like, yeah. no, it is. It's it still was, Dumbledore. It's still physically it was, Dumbledore's wand. Oh, yeah, wand. but it's not. But, it but his Drake, wand it is not the to Draco. No, his yes. wand is the Elder Wand. It's not Draco's wand. Like, Draco's wand isn't the Elder Wand. Dumbledore's wand is still physically the Elder Wand because it's called the Elder Wand because it's made of Elder. But the pa- but the power of it has passed into Draco's wand. No, yeah. it's just passed to Draco. So if Draco could use the Elder Wand, like if he had Dumbledore's wand, yeah, then he would be the ma- like he would be yeah. mastering the Elder Wand. But Voldemort has the Elder Wand. It just doesn't like him very much. Its loyalty is to Harry, who's using Draco's wand. But if he when he takes Voldemort's wand, he just fixes it and then he puts it back with Dumbledore okay so I think that's something that I always it's super never, confusing that I never quite understood in the book because I I understand that like eld, I understand that the elder wand is a physical wand made of elder like it, it is one wand right like right yeah I think I always thought of it as like more of a power that laid within the wand and so when someone was being disarmed I, I didn't necessarily think it's like oh now they have the powerful wand I thought it was like now they have the power in their wand yeah and I definitely interpreted and I think it that's that way I think that's wrong I think I'm wrong. I definitely I've interpreted that way as well um I think it it was only in the last like, couple of re-read or re-listens or re-reads or whatever where I was like oh I think that nobody was using this wand properly mm-hmm and the only spell that this wand ever actually did was fix Harry's wand. And then it just went right back to Dumbledore. <laughs> like, you know, it probably like just we probably lost track of it. it. Like it probably many links ago in the time. And so it's like historically um, based on 
Pottermore. <laughs> we can like trace historically from wizard to wizard who is in control of it, but like it, it might not have been its most powerful with Dumbledore. Like we might have lost track of it so, a very long right. time ago. Well, and I think that like, I mean, this is a total ripoff of Tolkien, right? Like is it Elder Wand? Oh my God. I don't right? know Tolkien. It's just, well, it's just the ring. Like it's just the ring being passed from like, you know, Sauron to Ciliador to everybody. La, 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 la. It just like, like doesn't line. make you so weird. It just, right. It doesn't, <laughs> um, it just makes you murder, um, which I guess is fine. Um, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Elder Wand is just like a full ripoff of that. And I think once I realized that, I was like, oh, it's not like the power of the ring changes to different rings. It stays the physical ring and then the people who are, you know, in control of it or, or it's in control of them or whatever mm-hmm. um, is the same idea as the elder one. It's like putting sense. your SIM card in a phone. It suddenly becomes an effective phone for you mm-hmm. once. You... But the power <laughs> lies within the same SIM card. Right. And so what, so, <laughs> so we know the beginning of, we obviously know the creation of the elder one because it's the, the tale of the three brothers. Yeah. Like and then, Peverell or something. And then we know that eventually Grigorovich had his hands on it because Grindelwald stole it from him. And then Dumbledore got it from defeating Grindelwald, but didn't tell anyone that he had it. Right. So mm-hmm. he wanted people to think it like disappeared. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's the other reason that I didn't think it was one like physical wand because I would have thought somewhere over Dumbledore's life someone was like this bitch has a wand made of elder there is only like one of those this seems suspicious yeah, yeah but remember that nobody really gave a fuck about the hallows right like nobody knew oh, no one they, thought they were real nobody yeah. thought they were right. real and there were always rumors of the elder wand but it wasn't always called the elder wand it was always called like you know like the death stick or the other names that they said I don't remember yeah you're right um, so I don't know if that anybody would have necessarily noticed, except for people who were really close to him, who might have been like, your wand is different than it was <laughs> yeah. last week. Thank um, God he never got too close to Luna Lovegood's dad. He right. would have known it. Xenophilius <laughs> would have been on it. Um, but yeah, I think like, he, and that's the, that's the mark of Dumbledore too, right? Like he was never close with anyone in his life. Ooh, he was that's always a good, distant that's a good from point. everyone. So nobody ever really questioned anything that he did or, or they just like, he was always, uh, he kept everyone in his life at an arm's length. Excellent point, Rita Skeeter. Thank you. <laughs> I like it. It's fine. Feels good. Uh, so you guys want to talk- That was a classic <laughs> Sean Byrne. <laughs> um, do you guys want to talk a little bit about like magical cores and- like wand materials. This was my favorite part of like researching yes. and looking at this. Me Why too. did you like it so much? I was just obsessed with the wand core idea. So that thing was, that was really cool to me. And I think that was one of the things that like maybe came up after the fact, like nobody was really thinking about. It. I think when JK kind of came up with this concept of the wand core, she was like, unicorns, check. Phoenixes, check. <laughs> Dragons, check. Right? Like these are the big main things. Um, and then after I like she that in of, your mind, she talks like like an old timey yeah, newspaper man. She's got like a mid Atlantic <laughs> accent. Like this is it. She's just got like a whatever. She's just hey. Um, but I like. I think this is something that she kind of came up with after the fact. Where she was like, "Damn it, this is a cool idea. I wish I had thought of it earlier." Where wand cores are regionally based off of the magical creatures native to their regions. 
so like in the uk i guess unicorns are native to the uk along with dragons and um phoenixes sure um but in the like us you have different um you have different magical creatures so like the two main ones that that like they mentioned and i got a ton of this from like harry potter wiki um but um the two main ones were the thunderbird which i think if i'm remembering is the one in fantastic beasts that makes the rain fall and everyone forget yeah it looks like a pokemon thunderbirds in general are like very big in native american mythology yes especially pacific northwest um the southwest we actually actually when we were in utah we like passed a restaurant called like the thunderbird and had like a big you know thunderbird sign and i'm actually also pretty sure that there is like so i really like cryptids you know like like cryptids Mm -hmm. like animals that or creatures that may or may not be real so like the loch ness monster and bigfoot things like that i am pretty sure there is a cryptid like kind of regional to central PA that is supposed to be a Thunderbird. Cool. That's really interesting. The local bowling alley in New Jersey where I grew up was called Thunderbird Lanes, which is the only (laughs) reason I'd ever heard of it. Uh, I'm like, sorry. But yeah, and that was the cool thing I think about the, the ones especially in the idea of, I mean, you know, you know, and this is just JK picking and choosing the culture that she wants to she, she use. But um, I, I think there's a, there's, there's a cool idea behind it that like, yeah, you would use them like mythological creatures that are, are native to the area. Um, and the other one that like sent me down a really cool <laughs> rapid hole um, was the Ruguru, um, which is um, essentially like a, like a werewolf kind of idea um but i think it's more based off of like wendigos and things like that um which are are big in um big in like native culture in the u.s what is a Um, wendigo is that a like a werewolf yeah it's kind of like a werewolf um but just like a little bit more like nature-based versus like just a like a human being um and it also often has to do with like you turn into a wendigo because you're like super greedy selfish things like that oh. um, there's it, a very sc- like there's a very scary episode of supernatural it's like one of the very episode of charmed it's not scary yeah. it's actually really funny well the supernatural one's really scary it's like the second episode or something but it's they're trying to find a, a wendigo yeah so this one is cool so rugurus specifically are in um and i'm sure i'm saying that incorrectly um, are specifically like, um, Cajun folklore, um, which is cool. Um, so it's like got French roots, um, in terms of like the name and, and, and things like that. Um, but this was a super cool rabbit hole that I fell down. Um, so like the specifically the Ruguru and Wendigos have like big roots, um, in Algonquin speaking tribes. Um, so that's like the Ojibwe, um, and the Cree people um and it was just really really interesting um and I fell down a rabbit hole for a long time on this one (laughs) and it was really cool and I think it would be cool if we do an episode about werewolves to talk about it um but maybe a little bit too much but then that also begs the question of like that seems like a terrifying wand for like did they say was being temperamental did they say what the properties of that were 
No, it didn't. Um, I mean, it kind of talked about it, how it just, it created like a really powerful wand that often tended to lean towards the dark arts. Mm, um, interesting. Yeah. But it also was like, dang, how are you catching that? Yeah. <laughs> how are you getting that? I mean, it's to go back to your, what you're saying about co- coloniality, <laughs> like these so we have these like three predominant wand cores, which are, we already mentioned, um, Dragonheart String, Unicorn Hair, and, um, oh my God, what's the uh, third Phoenix one? Feather. <laughs> Phoenix so, Feather. The, the most like the famous main, one. Yeah, yeah it's the, like- The most important one. So like we're, we're like in Great Britain, we are in a patriarchal institution institutionalized like magic's being taught at a boarding school like everything is very structured um at this point in history like the 90s harry potter verse uh modes of production have moved outside the home so where people may have been um making their own things with found materials now they're going out to a store and buying them in diagon alley um just as an example of like where we are at a point in time in magic. And um, I'm thinking that based on how structured, institutionalized, capitalist, patriarchal, um, everything is at this point, like, you know, maybe it, maybe Vila's have a great time using Vila hair for their wands, or it's Mm -hmm. much easier to find Ruguru hair when you're like out, doing your thing and getting your native woods or whatever to make whatever you're using so it's like we're getting like a watered down um like more commercialized version of magic just based on like how society is structured so we've probably lost our understanding of so many different like types of magic and brands of magic and different cores that could be used aside from these three main ones that we talk about and i i do think I'm sure that I, I think just based on sort of how complex wand making is, this was never a case of where it's like you used to make your own wand or your mm. family would make their own wand. I think there probably yeah. were always specialized like artisans making these. Sure. Um, but I, I do agree. I, I love this idea that it could be hyper localized to mm. your culture or your location or something like that, because you're right. If you're in, you know, Japan that's the other that's one of the magic schools right there's Mm -hmm. one in Japan because they they make the cherry wands Mm -hmm. that they're known for where if you're like well I am a you know a wizard in Japan maybe I'm not using dragon heart string if we don't have that if I have to get that shipped from England you know what I mean and I wonder if there's something about the quality of the magic done with the wands if there is such a disconnect between you physically and culturally where you're you know based and where you're performing the magic and where the ingredients in your wand are coming from. Yeah, absolutely. I think that plays a huge role. And I think that it's, I think it's just really interesting that like, I think that's a cool idea. I think that's like one of the cooler ideas. I get that she's definitely doing it. Like you said, in like a very like, you know, commercialized way where it's like, I mean, she's just picking and choosing the culture she wants to use. It's not even, I'm not even criticizing her. I'm saying this is a mirror of what we got, which is like, this is like a mirror of society right here. It's like, we've lost our like ancestral ways of knowing. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. I think it's just really interesting that like, I think this is like a cool, 
one of the cooler concepts. And I think it's, mm-hmm. she puts so much detail into a lot of these things. And I think this is like, I think you made the note where it's like, I think this is just JK having fun for once. Oh my God. Yeah. So and looking at, um, so if you go on Pottermore, there's a whole page dedicated to Wandwoods, which yeah. like getting into this, I had zero, I had no expectations. I don't know what I thought, but it was so much um, fun. There were 37 different d- woods with about 200 word descriptions for each wood. And at first I was like cynical. I was like, this is excessive. Why would we do this? And then I'm like, oh my God, she was having so much fun and just like using her imagination and using like a very creative way to build out this universe. Like there's so much information. Mm-hmm. So I did go through... Um, I looked at the same list. I, I think I found it on Harry Potter wiki, which is where I got like all of my information here. They have a very robust, like it's wand lore section. Very, they did a very good job. Um, yeah. But if you guys are interesting, I did find some of the, the woods used for some of the main characters. If you yeah. Want to- and I looked yes. up a couple of them. So Bellatrix has a walnut wand. Cedric Diggory has ash. Dolores Umbridge has Birch, which was not on the list. I actually couldn't find anything for Birch. I don't know why she has that, but they didn't go into any detail about it. Uh, it's on the Pottermore one. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Um, Draco Malfoy has Hawthorne. Flora Delacour has Rosewood. Hermione has Vine. McGonagall has Fur. Ron Weasley has Ash. Jenny Weasley has you, which I think was really interesting. That is interesting. Because that's what the only other famous you wand user is Voldemort. Well, you know, Harry Potter fell in love with Ginny. Well, he still had a little piece of Voldemort in it. That must have been it. That must have been it. That's it, you know? Uh, And then uh, Harry uh, Harry has uh, Holly. Holly. Well, and then Ron changes to Willow, right? When he gets his new wand. Uh, so that I actually don't know. So like, I just found Ash, but I, I actually don't know which. I don't know if that was. Um, I don't remember which way he goes. Who, whose old wand did he get? Yeah, Bill's old wand? That didn't. Or Charlie's. It was either Bill or Charlie's. So yeah, someone. Yeah. So I, I don't or know if that guy. was Maybe his Charlie. hand-me-down wand or his like actual wand. Okay. Well, I thought, so the reason that I thought maybe he had the Willow wand is when you look up the description for Willow, it talks about how um, like, owners of willow wands tend to um be powerful wizards that have big deep insecurities about their power <laughs> that would make like, sense oh, yeah that, that tracks it's like um and then hermione with the vine wand was that these are um witches and wizards who like tend to think outside the box for greater things Mm-hmm. It, yeah. it was fun looking it's, at these characters with their their like wand woods it felt very much like astrology by being like oh Hermione's yeah, a totally. vine that makes total sense yeah <laughs> that's so funny I uh, I didn't go back to the book but uh there is a point in the last book where she describes Draco's wand and it's just so phallic <laughs> I wish I went back because that's on brand. There's the the whole section where they're doing the weighing of the wands and the Triwizard Tournament is. I just listened to it. It's a very, it's it's, a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. They're just like, uh, you know, they're just like, oh, he's like a very like 
firm, rigid wand that's been yeah. regularly polished. And you're just like, could you, you're talking about 14 year olds. Could you relax? Well, oh and then the God. best part of that is when Harry realizes he's got like the fingerprints all over, he tries like, oh, he tra- and he it's tries like, to, like rub it, it up like, and then it's sparks. Sparks. And then Flor <laughs> Delacour looks at him like, oh. <laughs> and he's just like, fuck. <laughs> there was a note in there because I feel like everyone has thought at some point does like wand length correlate to genitalia for our everyone's penis having that. users everyone thought this that. yeah everyone thought that oh, um okay. we're moving on but <laughs> <laughs> um but she does make a comment about because like the shorter your wand it's supposed to be like the less trustworthy of a person you are yeah I saw that Dumbledore, or Dumbledore. uh Pettigrew right Pettigrew doesn't or no um Dolores Umbridge doesn't feel like a really trying to say like a really like like stubby stubby one like a tiny stick (laughs) like just like a just like because she like makes a point of saying this must have been Pottermore it wasn't in the books that it's like wand length doesn't correlate with like your height like a small person isn't going to have a smaller wand it like it means you have like a personality yeah you have like a personal you know issue if you have a smaller wand that's rough Oh, yeah, I have the quote. Uh, Abnormally short wands usually select those in whose character something is lacking rather than because they are physically undersized. Which I think is mean, very mean spirited, because you get a wand when you're like 11. Yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah, but the idea is that like the magic is like, oh. Can you imagine being 11 and being like, oh, I'm so excited to go to Hogwarts. I'm going to do magic. You're and then like, like a here's six your, inch wand. And yeah, you're here's like, your four inch wand, you awful person, you idiot. And then to which I would say, fuck it. I can fit it in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> like I have no personal shortcomings. Um, but yeah, and I think like that's just like really interesting because then it kind of like, I don't know. And then she starts to kind of get into the idea of like that. Ollivander starts to have a little bit more say in like what's going on with wand magic and stuff like that towards in the Deathly Hallows because he gets kidnapped and he has to talk about wand magic. Um, and in, you know, and he even kind of says, he's like, this is a very ancient, very complex branch of magic. I don't really know that much about it. Um, all, all he knows is that like wands are like semi-sentient essentially. Like they can, they choose the wizard, right? That's like what he says like all the time. And so, like, we get that that's the general idea is that, like, the wand chooses the wizard. Like, they have to be compatible. Yeah. Um, and that they can change allegiances, like Draco's wand. Yeah. I call bullshit on him pretending to not know a lot about wands. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> like, keeping trade secrets. Dude, he doesn't yeah. want somebody to start a wand business. That's what he's thinking. He's like, Voldemort's going to start a wand business and put me out. Voldemort could have done so many more productive things with his talent. I'm so disappointed in him. Ollivander? Voldemort. No, Voldemort. Oh, Voldemort. <laughs> Lord. Lord Voldemort. Lord Voldemort. Yeah. But I think that's like, I, I think that's an interesting concept, but I think that was one of those ideas that like really got away from her. Where she was like, what a good idea. Wait, no, I don't know what I'm doing. I take it back. I mean, to be fair, I wouldn't know no. where to even start. I would just be like, it's a, it's a stick that does magic yeah. just like please don't ask me about it yeah please don't ask me. um so yeah so i wanted to i definitely put in here that i like what my wand is so it looks like you guys put your wands in here too and you made you invented your own wand which is 
way cooler than what yeah. I did, which was I'm dude, the, I took the Pottermore, but then I really liked my wand. So then I kept it. Oh, you took, um, po- okay. I was wondering. So you did Pottermore? Yeah, I did okay. Pottermore. Um, and what do you mean you did Pottermore? Like there's you like did a, a wand. test? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's And then it like tells great. you. And I really liked it. Because then it also gives you like a big description of like what your wand is, what it does, like why it's, what it's good for, things like that. Um, And it gave me like a ton of information about my own wand, which is pretty cool. Um, So I enjoyed that. Um, And I liked mine. So So, like my wand is a Rowan Wood and Dragon Heartstring wand. Um, And Rowan Wood is really cool in mythology. It's just like, it pops up all the time. So for anyone else, who actually read or watches this series a discovery of witches um it's really silly sign me up for a romantic time travel witchy book any day i'm on it's wild i haven't i've been watching the show but i read the first book no keep reading it it gets worse but it's the second one's actually (laughs) the second one is really really good the third one is where it kind of like goes off the rails a little bit um, I love this book series. Everyone in my family loves this book series. Will it's you say like the name again? A Discovery of Witches. It's like a like a witch vampire romance novel. It's so stupid. Ooh, I love I it. I want to read it. It's so good. It's so good. Um, but she's like a historian. So um, she's a witch. Um, her name's Diana Bishop, and she's a witch. Um, but she studies she studies like the history of alchemy. Um, and that's like she has like her PhD in that, because apparently you can do that. Um, so part of her like alchemical studies is that she's she talks about rowan wood a lot um and rowan wood in discovery of wishes is like a tree that lives between life and death so it's a tree like it, it's kind of representative i don't want to say like in like necromancy but it's like really important in alchemy which has to deal with you know like the afterlife and before life and, and things like that um And then in like Celtic lore, rowan trees are symbols of protection. They're often still commonly planted outside of like home dwellings and things like that um, to like ward off evil evil spirits and like, you know, have a happy home. Um, And then in Norse mythology, rowan wood um, is the wood that was used to create the force of woman. So I thought that was really cool. Whoa. Yeah. So I love the rowan wood angle. Lady stick. And then dragon heartstring, um, they tend to produce like bigger magic, uh, but they take a little bit of a time to like break in. Um, but they sometimes like learn a little bit easier than other wand cores. Um, and, uh, but they're not the most loyal of wand cores. So they'll change like, dra- like Draco's is a dragon heartstring. Um, and so is Hermione's, I think. Right. Um, but it'll change loyalty depending which is why harry could use Her- hermione's wand better than he could other wands gotcha um oh that makes sense yeah so like it's like it's a little bit more flexible and it's loyalty to to things um so i love that idea of like my combo is very confusing because it's like it's like more easily swayed to the dark arts but like rowan wands have never been used in by any evil wizard of record mm-hmm. so i've just got this very confusing wand and i really like it so it like um, wants to be bad so badly, but it just can't. But it just can't be. <laughs> it like wants to be cool so badly, but it just can't. And I relate to that a lot. Oh my um, God. So that feels really good. Um, so I just dig that like, I've got this like super cool feminist, badass alchemical wand of glory. Yeah, it feels like very powerful. 
I dig it. This is my wand and I love it. So Kate, what was your wand? So I didn't know there was a quiz. And so I saw Lisa's wand and I was like, oh no, I need to go figure out my wand. I have 20 minutes until we record the episode. (laughs) And so uh, I chose for my core, I chose a unicorn hair because unicorn hairs are very consistent and I am not. And so I think that it would be good for me to have a wand with a consistent core um, to help me. And so like, especially as a as a 10 year old, like, oh my God, <laughs> especially as a 20 year old and as a 30 year old, like, um, so my thinking with this was that, like, I would like a wand with complementary properties. So like something that could, um, like enhance my strengths, but then also like demand a little more of me. So, and then also meet me where I'm not, which is like consistency. Um, So I chose the unicorn hair and then for the wood, I was between a couple of woods, but I went with willow um, and willow is described as on Pottermore as as being an uncommon wood with healing power. Um, It's very handsome and it has a reputation for enabling advanced nonverbal magic. And so, um, and it's attracted to people who are humble and feel like they have a lot to learn who want to like put more into their craft. And so um, this just spoke to me because it seems like a little bit like even like queer. It's like a, like a willow tree and like a unicorn. (laughs) I love that. Um, so yeah. And I'm like, why not want to be aspirational with the wood I choose? Um, like a wood that enables enhanced magic. So I'm going to go take that quiz though, Lisa. Yay. Let us know what you get. So one thing that I think is really interesting. So in the last episode that we recorded, Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned that sometimes you relate really heavily to Ron Weasley. <laughs> I know. And this the is Ron's wand Is it seriously? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Guys, I need to go to therapy. <laughs> I relate. You show up and be like, I relate too much to Ron Weasley. Go. He has a willow wand. I have a willow wand. <laughs> Does he have a unicorn core? Yeah. Where did he? Oh no. This is actually not funny <laughs> well wait did his oh, does his God. new one have a, a unicorn core i know the old one did because you said you could see it when it broke yeah you could see it no his his new one had a unicorn core as well um but it's because he's by the time he gets his new wand he's no longer like a shitty 11 year old right he's just a shitty 13 year old but who wants yeah. to learn and grow and so he's like had this he's had more of an ability to be like i'm away from my brothers i'm yeah living my own life with my friends and I'm learning a lot on the way. Yeah. He's on a journey. You're on on a journey. journey. He's consistently Ron. Like Ron is a hundred percent, the most relatable character in the entire series. Oh, totally. Yeah. Cool. Like if you, you are lying to yourself. If you don't see a little bit of yourself in Ron Weasley, it's like what he's there for. That is literally what he's he's like an audience surrogate. Right. Like oh. when he starts getting <gasps> real hangry. Yeah. Yeah, that's me. Audience surrogate. That's is that a thing, Sean? Or you just did you just come up with No, that no, phrase? it's like a thing. Oh, okay. 
still. I wish I just made cool. that up. Be so yeah. smart. You're a goddamn genius. So Hermione of me. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, a hundred percent. Like she, God, he's so much more relatable than uh, the either other than the other two. Like this is just the you guys talking me down episode <laughs> <laughs> also just completely fucking factual <laughs> yeah um sean please tell us about your wand yeah, yeah so i creativity i also i i didn't do potter more i i you know i didn't think about it in the moment i'd actually thought about it earlier that i knew that that was an option but when lisa you had, had all that information about wands being super local or wand making being really local I kind of also spiraled and was like I'm gonna make a North American wand so I was like so I was also drawn to Rowan as a a base but I looked it up and they're not native to North America they were brought over here they can grow here but they're they can be like invasive in some areas I was like a fucking like Portlandia skit. I was like, oh, is this local to my area? <laughs> What's the name of this? What is the name? <laughs> so, What's the name of this magical creature? Did he have a family? Yeah, so I was I was the worst. Um, so no, no Rowan for me. But um, so I had uh my wood was fur. Uh, because that is native to North America. That also is what Nerva McGonagall's wood is. So I felt like that was a good one. Also, the Pottermore explanation is uh, of fur is, and I quote, my grandfather, gerbold Octavius Ollivander, always called wands of this wood the survivor's wands because he had sold it to three wizards who subsequently passed through mortal peril unscathed. And that sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> so... I will, I will take that very hardy, uh, protective wood for my wand where I really started to spiral in a very fun way was finding my core. So North American wand making traces back to, um, Isolt Sayer, who was a descendant of Salzar Slytherin, who basically escaped her abusive family in, Ireland got on the Mayflower came to the new world and then like ran away from the Puritans and lived in the mountains and started the uh North American magic school which is called Ilvermorny I think I'm saying that right yeah I think so so I so she and her husband are kind of known as being the the wand makers of North America so when I looked up the type of cores that they used in North American wand making one of them was a uh, horned serpent horn. So that's what I chose as my core. So horned serpents are magical snakes found throughout North America. They inhabit bodies of water. They have the, uh, they have the ability of invisibility and flight. Some of them have kind of like a like gemstone diamond sort of thing on their heads and they can sense danger. So Isolde Sayer uh, befriended a horned serpent while she was like hiding in the mountains and love them so much that they're like one of the the house names in Ilvermorny. Um, and so I figured that as, as a Slytherin, I would follow, follow my girl, the only good Slytherin on record across the water to North America. And I would use, uh, like a snake sort of core for my wand. So it is a fur wand with horned serpent horn inside. Look at this adorable cartoon rendering of a, I know they're so cute 
Also, like, I'm obsessed with the Loch Ness Monster, and they sort of just look they like look American like Loch Ness Monsters. Yeah, they're all so in cute. water. They're real cute. I like that. That's real fun. I enjoy that quite a bit. I love the amount of thought that you put into this. I would love to hear from our listeners about what kind of wand they might have. Yeah, yeah whether it's, like, fun. one you took from a quiz, like I did, and kind of shortcutted it, or you created one like Kate and Sean, which I think is way more fun, but I love mine so much. Yeah, but yours like was really cool and it seemed yeah. like you related to it very much. You weren't like, oh, I got this random, like, I don't know, whatever, like a Holly wand, just like Harry. <laughs> you know what was weird? So I was, I was trying to look up like, besides what Pottermore said, um, just like prop, you know, magical properties of these woods. Um, and it was really hard because like every source I found said something different and I didn't have any like plant magic books on me where I could find something that was like textual, but everyone talks about how, cause Harry's wand is Holly being like a very protective sort of plant. My, my knowledge of Holly is that it's mostly known, known for its like fertility purposes. <laughs> so no one also talks about that. Harry Potter has just like the most fertile super wand. Fertile. <laughs> He's super fertile. And he marries a Weasley. So. I mean, they're fucked. 87 children. They're oh going to have a gazillion. God. Between so her genes children. and his wand. All the kids. Well, and <laughs> I think it's really funny when they're talking about, um, like, Ollivander's talking about wands and, like, how he makes them. And, like, he goes out and collects the materials himself. Mm-hmm. Like, this elderly man who, like, he's talking to Cedric when he's talking about the unicorn that he was like, like what a robust creature he must have been 17 hands nearly gored me with his horn after i plucked his um tail um so he's like out there going there and then the, the other thing that i thought was really funny was that like the best way for wizards to figure out if a wood like tree like wood from a certain tree is going to be good enough is if it's filled with bow, bow truckles mm-hmm. that's it like if there's just a bunch of bow truckles hanging out and they're like magic right here that's, that's my tree that's what I'm going for. And if they like, but the boat truckles like attack them, <laughs> gets to it. So wand making is not for the faint of heart. And Ollivander's like an old man. I don't know how he's doing this. Right. And then he doesn't magic. have any children, right? So who, like, is he the end of the Ollivander line or does it just go to the next available Ollivander? Well, when I read all of the Ollivander fan fiction, dirty and otherwise that I can find you know back. that Ollivander has just like a bunch of illegitimate children scattered throughout London everywhere it just feels accurate to me all these like, moms while their moms kids are like picking out kids and he's like curious and they're like Ooh, what's curious <laughs> what's curious tell me about it so yeah no I think that he's definitely just been going after the stay-at-home wizard moms so how much of this fan fiction did you write, Lisa? All of it. That's why I don't <laughs> like to read it. <laughs> it's all Lisa pretending you hate fan fiction. She actually has a, a robust, it. like, porny Ollivander <laughs> fan fiction series. <laughs> um, but no, I, I bet he's got tons of illegitimate children all over the place. Just feels accurate to me. Oh, yeah, man. so uh, as Lisa said, if you want to share your wands with us, um, you can email us. <laughs> I don't... I don't think we have checked our email yet. No, not once. It's so much better if you just put like send us messages on Instagram. Because we we will see that. People have been messaging us episode ideas. 
and the in, you, in the email on instagram oh on oh, instagram no, okay that's better that. well, so it might have happened it. once but i'll call it people we'll take it I we think like it's it. happened twice so far, which is very freaking awesome. We love that. I will. Okay. I'm gonna. I'm gonna check it really fast while we're here. The Look name of it, because I I have that pulled up just to make oh, sure. Amazing. So again, our handle on Instagram is Watcher Harry at Watcher Harry Podcast, um, and I think our email is Watcher Pod at gmail.com. Yes, but I is. will put that in the note. I will put that in the show notes. So don't listen to what I'm saying. Just look at what's in the notes is actually correct. What we say is sometimes just sort of what feels right in the moment, <laughs> but is not always accurate. Yeah. Our, apparently our email is a spectrum. It's just <laughs> but we would love, eventually we will check that email. Maybe there'll be something in it. That'd be really exciting. <laughs> but otherwise we would really love if you contacted us on Instagram. Uh, so please tell us uh, your ones, whether that's, the ones you've created or the ones you found on Pottermore. And as we said in the beginning of the episode, um, if you are looking to get a shout out on the show, please donate to uh, an organization that supports LGBTQ youths uh, for this holiday season. And we'll include some links to some in the show notes as well. Thanks, everybody. All right. Thank thank you, guys. Bye. Bye. The Watcher Harry podcast is hosted by Lisa Moen, Kate Kelleher, and me, Sean Fitzpatrick. It's edited by me, Sean Fitzpatrick, and our theme music is Dance Macabre, Busy Strings by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. It's licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license.